Hi, this is Ben from 561 Music Podcast. Right now, we're trying to get a thousand subscribers on YouTube. It just helps us get out there more. It also enables us to monetize the podcast, to make it better, do more advertising for it and things like that. Subscribe to the podcast and hit the notifications button. That would be doing us a really big favor. Thank you very much. Welcome, welcome to 561 Music. My name's Ben, and unfortunately, there's no Hector today. He is still feeling under the weather. We didn't do one of them last week because um, we were both sick, actually. And in retrospect, we probably could have got Ricky or Rocky or both of those guys to, uh, to run it for us, but we weren't thinking straight, so we didn't do it. So we took a week off last week. But I have recovered, and sadly, Hector has not. So if you were uh, out there and... Uh, app good at sending vibes into the universe then um send hector some some healthy vibes uh, we had a pretty fun weekend last weekend we uh played at a crazy horse saloon on uh on friday which was you know i didn't know what to expect um i'd never i've never drunk in there and i showed up and it's kind of this sort of hole in the wall sort of bar. I didn't know what it was going to be like, it turned, but it turned out amazing. We had a really, really good time. A ton of people came to see us and uh, it was a riot. So uh, I can very much, um, you know, if you want to go and see a good gig, go and see one at the Crazy Horse Saloon down Palm Beach Gardens. It was a good laugh. Um, and then on Saturday, uh, James and I played at the Square Grouper. Uh, we we do a duo thing there, and that was fun. Always is. And then in the evening, we did an LMC kind of special event with um, Justin's band Euphobia and uh, Killbillies um, played last. But then we also had a, a couple of LMC bands. We had the Inflammators and Revelations, and uh, I thought everyone played really well. It was a, it was a good time. It was nice to do something that was a little bit sort of lower pressure than usual too you know we got to play one set and just kind of hang out and have a good time so yeah had a had a pretty fun weekend all things considered um so we've got Libeka with us this week how's it going guys we got justin and doug good good we're we're stoked to be here doing great and i'd like to hijack this immediately based on what you were just talking about yes for sure we were just at crazy horse we oh, just right. had a beer there yeah. just like we got Half here super duper early, and we went straight there. So. Oh, cool. So Never been there that. before, though. We looked it up, and we're like, oh, let's, it's either Duffy's or Crazy Horse. Let's go to Crazy Horse. Yeah. I, I don't know if there was anyone playing, but when we played there on the weekend, it was a riot. It was just filled up, and everyone was having a good time. People cool. were setting up. They were just about to play, and the drummer had a pretty rock and rock kit. Yeah, he had it was a rack and everything. Rack. Yeah, it looked cool. He had one of those tiny little uh, mini toms over there. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. There was nice sparkle, kind of like a dark champagne sparkle kit. It was nice. So well, you, it's, it's you guys will know this because you're drummers, but um, what are roto toms? What are those? Ooh, that's the little trio of uh, of drums of the roto toms. Sometimes do. Do they oh, like spin or something like that? Why are they no, called they, they're just like very. It's like just the, just the uh, the the ring and the and a head. Oh, and okay. you can sp- but, you can spin them though. And that's how you can tune them up true, and down that, pitch. Yeah. So you can literally uh, take them and just like almost spin them like um, 
like I don't even know what, like a frisbee or something. Yeah, because then like the pitch will go up or down. Oh, so that's how it's cool. weird. Yeah. You could also tie, they also have lugs to to tune it that way too. But it's it's both. It and they're very high pitch. It, it's pretty cool. They sound cool. And we've absolutely without shame both owned. Rotary oh yeah, I have two sets actually right now. <laughs> I just actually, my shame is that I don't have them anymore. Uh, you, you can have one of mine then. <laughs> Every now and again, I hear people talking about them. I just didn't even know what they were. So I appreciate that, guys. Thank you. Something that we do on the show is we um, sort of dive into how you came into becoming a musician we we like to sort of talk about uh your past history and your upbringing and stuff like that um so why don't we start with you justin um were your parents supportive of you musically when you were young oh my god so supportive i mean being a drummer you have to be supportive because i literally chose the loudest instrument that yeah really most disruptive to my the brother house. played drums yeah, yeah so you so, so were you constantly just like annoyed like crazy when, when he was playing well them? i was good because i i played electric guitar and and he and i just used to jam okay from dawn to dusk every single day because my sister somehow put up with it which was yeah. crazy <laughs> that i was playing you know in the basement and making all this noise and then she was just like okay well i just have to not I just have to stop my life for like his hour a night that he gets to play yeah, <laughs> and be miserable. Real. So she put, she put up with it, which is I, amazing. And my I know that the neighbors, uh, I know that our neighbors weren't particularly happy, but outside of that, you know, we, it was, it was all good. Our house was very noisy when I was growing up. So, you know, yeah. And when you're the drummer, you often have band practice at your house too. So not only do mm-hmm. your parents have to put up with you playing and practicing, and I was always super driven to practice on my own, That's excellent. but we had to have band practice, you know, with a loud and like, okay, not only was I playing drums, but I was playing metal drums. And how old were, how old were you when you picked up the drums? Uh, I think I was thirteen when I started. Drumming. Okay, that seems with rock instruments. It very often is around twelve, thirteen. You know, that's when I started playing the guitar. Yeah. But prior to that, did you have any kind of musical training of any kind of sort? I played. My first instrument was actually viola, in which was the, the first one that I played, and then I. I could. I think it was because you had to choose a string instrument, like whatever first year of school. I think only string in- instruments were offered, or something. I okay. can't remember exactly why. But then the next year, it opened up to everything else, and I chose trumpet, and I played trumpet for years. And oh, then, nice. um, yeah, and then eventually switched to drums and. So by which time you could already read music and stuff, which I'm sure was helpful. You kind know? of, yeah. I was. I wasn't great, but I I sort of could um, rhythmically at least. And yeah. then I sold my trumpet for my first double bass pedal, and <laughs> off and running for that. Good call. <laughs> <laughs> That's closing the door to any accidental ska bands you may have found yourselves. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I don't think there was a huge ska scene where I was, but uh, yeah, I might have accidentally. Yeah, where, where did you grow up? In Connecticut, in Connecticut, just outside Hartford. So, gotcha. Lots of hardcore bands, like tons, tons, back in the '90s. So, um, yeah, I just only got into that and the metal scene pretty quickly. Oh, cool. So, um, sort of prior to the kind of things you're doing these days, we, have you been in a, a whole ton of different bands and stuff like that? Not really a ton, because um, I was in the, the first band, the first real band I was ever in in high school. I was in for like almost 10 years. Right. And it was 10 years of uh, banging our head against the wall, pretty much. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no one really cared. And then after that, I was in a band called Blood Has Been Shed, which is a metal band, and then that kind of... Uh, led into kill switch and that's pretty much it apparent uh, apart from just like some random fill-ins for other bands but 
Yeah, well, we'll get into kill switch in a bit, but um, I just want to go over to Doug there and, and and ask you about how was your how was your upbringing when it comes to music? Were you were you supported and like what kind of music were your parents listening to when you were young? Stuff like that. I was pretty lucky because my grandfather was a drummer and he played swing and jazz, so I would come down here to visit from up north every summer, and we would just set up the drums immediately and put on all the oh, old wow. records, and he would just tell me what to do. So I got those lessons like as a kid, probably like five, six years old, till I was about 12 or 13. And then uh, when he passed away, I got his drum kit, which was a nice like 1960s Rogers kit, really oh, nice. old, and like just not, I still have it too. And uh, so I, I was just, I was about... I think 15 or 16 when I got that kit and that's when I really discovered like punk rock and hardcore and stuff like that and just started going at it. Yeah, and yeah. And just really, my parents were supportive because, you know, they were, my mom grew up around it with her father and my my dad was, he was cool with it. So we, I would just always, and as he said, practice is always at the drummer's house. So I'd always have my yeah. friends over, always jamming and just playing, you know, till we'd cut it out a decent hour, but it was just every day it was happening. Oh, that's awesome. So, yeah. yeah and they, just you know, it. my mom was, you know, classic rock kind of stuff. And so I listened to a lot of that. My dad, he listened to a lot of different stuff, jazz and, you know, kind of, he was from the island. So he kind of listened to some more islandy type music, which sure, was cool. Yeah. A little influence of everything in there. Which yeah. is pretty cool. You have a pretty wicked hand-me-down record collection too. Yeah, I do. Yeah, I got. I also got my grandfather's records, which are I have so many crazy old jazz records and swing and stuff and big band. And oh, my cool. mom gave me her record collection. A couple of other people gave me their collections. I have about like five, six hundred records that are all wow. pretty cool. <laughs> I'd love to check that out sometimes. Yeah, that's definitely. Really interesting. Definitely. Yeah, that's great. So um, we're here, sort of primarily to talk about uh, Libica and um, could you tell me a little bit about the, the formulation of the band and how it uh, how it came about yeah um, we kind of uh, me Doug and uh, Joey our other guitar player in the band um, I don't know we, we became friends years ago and just hung out a whole bunch and like with yeah. a, some show, I would see you guys. I think play it, a bunch. I think it really started with with you and I talking, drunk talking about uh, <laughs> probably drunk talking playing in a band where we didn't play drums. Yeah, it yeah. was kind of like the the infancy of that, and then it was the three of us, you know, talking about it. Yeah, because you know, once you get together with your music friends, you always kind of talk about playing together, and you talk yeah. about what music you guys like and what you have in common and everything. So we we had had those conversations and everything, um, but uh, you know. You know how oftentimes they go nowhere, and it's yeah, all just—it's yeah. all just sweet, beautiful. Drunk Sounds talk. good, <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. But um, the, the amount of those conversations I've had over the years is just staggering. Yeah, yeah right. Yeah. yeah, you know, like I, yeah. I should have jammed with a thousand people and just never did. Yeah, yeah, totally. But then COVID hit, and yep. nothing else to do. So it was almost like, okay, well, it's either going to happen now, or you know, it's going to be in that list of uh, connections that are just never going to happen. And since we all lived um, so close together, it was really easy to just get together and like, yeah. Where, share where some are ideas. you guys all based at the moment? Um, Fort St. Lucie, Fort, Fort Pierce. Pierce yeah. Okay, gotcha. So like super close. Um, I feel like there's a, a music scene up there which is is sort of subtly different to to down here. There's, a, I, I mean, it would be just because it's slightly different people. I mean, it's just gonna be, but you know, that kind of hardcore scene up there is great and everything. You know, there's yeah. a, lot, a lot of heads up there. Feels like, um, 
I don't know. I, a lot of the people who I know who come from that direction um, have really interesting takes on things. There's some great bands coming out of the Treasure Coast. You know, mm-hmm. it's a cool Definitely. spot. Um, yeah. So uh, COVID hit, and you yeah. started the band. What was the decision to go with uh, no vocals? It's kind of something I've I've always been really into. I have like. Um, I love a lot of instrumental bands. I have like some of my favorite yeah, me too. music is is and even even bands that aren't necessarily instrumental bands that have just some super long uh sections of music that without vocals I've always really loved. Yeah. Um, like that song Arpeggiated by Fugazi is like one of my favorite Fugazi songs and that's just <laughs> And even like Orion by yeah. Metall- like that's like an awesome awesome song. Um <clears throat> but there's like tons tons of that music and it just seems to be i don't know it seems to be a little easier to to find now i mean everything's easier to find now but th- there are just a bunch of bands that i was re- way into and um Have sort you of got thought any names you could throw out there just yeah. in case anyone's oh, listening there's a few of them there's <clears throat> yeah, caspian caspian's probably pelican russian circles there, there's uh, quite a few explosions in the sky yeah and even in the non purely instrumental there's like um uh, like Isis is one of my favorites. I was one of the original yeah, huge was, in, yeah. influences that was one for of the band. You had was, me listening to. Oh, yeah, cool. yeah, I wanted to do something that was um, that had like the heaviness of Isis kind of mixed with the brooding of Mogwai was kind of where I wanted yeah. to go. Yeah, because I love yeah. Mogwai a lot. That too. brooding. I was trying to put my finger on, um, you know, what the style was specifically because it does have this brooding quality and it has this kind of almost like ambient quality but then it's also heavy you know it still is absolutely heavy, you know? yeah. yeah and um and, and I, th- I think that just the juxtaposition of that the way you guys do it is really successful i think you know it's it's a difficult thing to do to get it just right and i you know I, it really is there it's like you could relax to it almost or you could just get real <laughs> pumped up by it is it depending yeah. on how you're you know the mood you're in almost well that's awesome thank you very much yeah Um, yeah yeah, it's almost like trying to do like a metalized (laughs) mogwai sort of thing or just take like that heaviness and and do it and even like um like cigarettes too is another one yeah i was gonna say cigarettes just now i mean we're not i wouldn't say i mean it's it would be uh, a dream to get as as uh as beautiful as they get but it's it's there like that's all kind of kicking around the brain when when trying to write riffs or trying to write parts and everything it's yeah. just kind of expanded as much as possible and even into like radiohead's another one of my absolute favorites and just taking like those moods that they have and just um putting maybe a little bit more of a metal spin because i definitely love metal i love classic metal and this there's some stuff in here like the old kind of dual guitar classic metal stuff yeah that I'm really, the harmonies like, yeah like just thin harmonies. lizzy shit yeah, like all that, some of that stuff's there. really it's good really into that kind of trying to throw all that stuff into a blender and see if uh see if that comes out is something people want to hear there truly is nothing more wonderful than the majesty of guitar harmonies and the melody <laughs> it's just, sometimes it's just so simple it's like yeah, yeah, oh yeah. all i need to do is play a third over this and it just sounds glorious yeah it's exactly awesome. yeah no i love that um so yeah okay pandemic you guys got together then um how did you find yourselves getting you signed to metal blade right how did that happen well i i know a person (laughs) (laughs) i got you we uh we sent uh some some music 
some demos to the, I guess, to some some people, some management people, and they're like, hey, this sounds really good, and we think we can get you guys somewhere, and we know the right people to talk to, and it took, it definitely took some time, but, you know, you got to be patient with that kind of stuff, and, and eventually they came back, and with a couple of offers, and Metal Blade was, was the one that yeah. we wanted to go with. We all agreed, like, this is... This sounds great. Let's do it. Yeah, it was super cool because Killswitch has a relationship with them now, um, right. which is which is pretty awesome. And you know, I didn't expect anything. I didn't expect just because um, I'm on a band that's on their label that they were going to be like, yeah, sure, whatever. You know, I, I, didn't I think have they any even of that. said that well, they said you know we're not what, a, just having yeah, that door we didn't want that cracked either. open a little bit is is huge and right. and it is. <laughs> No matter whether it's fair or not, the music industry, I'm, all industries, but the music industry specifically, it's who you know. It just is. You know, like everything, ev- the the things that I've got over the years or the ways that things have worked out for me over the years have just been through that, through knowing a guy, through f- through either playing with them or through um, like meeting them a bunch of times at shows or something like that. You know, it's when I formed my best bonds with people and um and and that's that's where i've got sort of my biggest little breaks you know here and there really that's how and, it's done though. that's the best way by putting the work in and meeting the people and making connections and friends and exactly and i say that to uh you know students of mine and things i'm, I'm like just get yourself out there you know it's like there's nothing there's nothing better than like facetime with someone you know yeah. the, the more you can the more you can show up and support things and get out and meet people the better you know yeah and you never you can never say um i don't know if i want to play with that that band or i don't know if i want to talk to this person because they do do a different thing than i do it doesn't matter like you yeah. just everybody like you, you never know what um like what you're going to have in common with someone like you might play in a band that's totally different than than something and you might think oh i must not have anything in common with those people but yeah you have no idea exactly you might you absolutely might and it might lead to something down the road that that works out exactly and a lot of people who are musicians you know if you, you especially when we get a bit older you can't really define a person by the style of music that you see them playing because who who knows what else they're doing you know yeah it's, exactly it's like i'm in a bluegrass band and also like a, a, a scar punk band and the two are completely different things you know what i mean it, and just depending on what night you see me you could make assumptions about me but you know that would be be wrong yeah exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. same thing with you know gravel kings you know where we play in that or i play in that and then play in this band and it's a totally two different things you know yeah totally you know indie bluegrass kind of a thing and then this melodic you know metal post-rock stuff yeah you just never know what we'll be playing and different instruments too yeah different instruments <laughs> yeah. bass drums you just never know what you'll get yeah so um i think it's probably a good time to talk a little bit about you guys as former and uh, and uh sort of current other bands because it's quite interesting and you guys are both in some really cool bands um why don't we start with justin and uh can you tell us a little bit about about your journey with kill switch yeah it's been a long one yeah uh, yeah what do you want uh anything okay uh, so uh when did why don't we start from the beginning when did you join yeah sure um 2003 i joined um like I'd mentioned I before, yeah, yeah I, I was in uh, Bloodsman Shed, another Connecticut hardcore band that Howard was the singer of, and he was also the singer in Killswitch after Jesse had left yeah. like, for about a year. I, I was I was in Bloodsman Shed, and I remember when Howard uh, also 
joined Killswitch, and then we were kind of doing things together. And Killswitch like, oh, formed in like '99, right? Yeah, right around then. Yeah, right yeah, around yeah. then. I think their first show was either either '99 or 2000. I think they got together and started practicing in '99. Right. So it's been yeah, it's been a while. Um, and they because uh, Adam was the original drummer. And they did a record that they realized they did too many guitars on, so Adam had to switch to uh, <laughs> Adam had to switch to guitar, and then they had their friend playing drums, but um, it wasn't working out, and they were looking for somebody else, and Howard just suggested me. Cool. And that was it. I mean, I don't, I don't think they put too much thought into it way back then, other than just like, yeah, sure, this guy will do whatever. Yeah. <laughs> well, here you are all this time later, so I guess it worked. I, out. I didn't blow it too hard. So, so uh, how many that. albums have you done since then? Um, just a lot, right? Six, I guess. Yeah, because yeah, they had they had their first uh, EP on Ferret, and then the first album on Roadrunner, and then I've been on everything since then. Cool, and then um, I mean, you guys have, you know, you're a well-known band, so you must have played all sorts of cool spots. I wonder if we've played any of the same things. Have you, have you ever played Reading and Leeds in the UK? We did Reading and Leeds one time, right. uh, oh, seven or six, okay. sometime around. Yeah, it was about right when, when we did it Yeah, as so well. maybe. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We've done uh, Download like seven times or something right crazy. On. But Yeah, cool. Yeah. Did you ever get to Glastonbury? Did you ever do that one? No, never Glastonbury. Is that like a more skewing metal one or no? Glastonbury is the is the it's it's almost like a more of a hippie sort of festival. Yeah, I except don't think they, they would do have us. except they do do odd things though sometimes. Okay. You, yeah, it's, you'd, you'd be surprised at who you can sort of wind up seeing at, at Glastonbury. But um, yeah, so I I. I used to play a bunch of festivals in Europe too, but I, I'm not, I can't remember their names. But that's cool. Some of the you really, played Reading and Leeds. Yeah, Grass Pop's a big one. Valken's a big one. Yeah, uh, Ring and Park, the big German ones. Um, Hellfest awesome. is a real big one now, and France oh, yeah. is a real good one. So, so, how often are you? Um, how often are you doing international tours these days? We actually haven't gone to Europe since the before times oh sure yeah, <laughs> so it's course, been a long yeah. time and we're we're heading there um later this year for the oh, first nice. time in forever and i miss it. i was talking to one of our guys who's there in scotland right now he um did sound for us for a long time and he was just texting me this morning and i was just like man we haven't been there in forever and i i really miss it <laughs> yeah right i mean it's one of the cool things about traveling internationally with a band is that I mean, there's downsides. Like the down, the downsides are, you don't get to see a lot of it. You're always in the van. You boom, boom. You see a bunch of different venues, and that's about it. Maybe a little bit in the day every now and again. But um, the good thing is, people are happy to see you when you get there. <laughs> yeah. and, and, and if you're just a random tourist of some kind, you know, you're they just see a number. You know, that you're just kind of a way to make money. So um, it's really nice to to show up somewhere and, and actually be wanted you know I've always I, I loved that you know when, when I was on tour and they'll show you things that you wouldn't otherwise have seen you know yeah. it's, it's very cool just the opportunity to go at all is just amazing that because too. so many people can, can't um, just don't have means to you know get places and see places and everything and we're yeah. we're going because people want to hear our music that's nuts yeah it's did, still nuts did it's you hear about awesome. all the difficulty yeah. <laughs> we've been having with brexit in england and like um the touring problems that that's causing yeah uh, it's there's it's been a lot of, it's been just in general um touring finances have gone way 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 up and it's just been more difficult for for bands to go i mean and we were supposed to go 
last year. We were supposed to go last year, or we had some stuff booked last year, and uh, then there was a war that was like right? threatening a lot of the things that we had planned to do. So we had to we had to pull out of that, which was yeah. definitely a bummer. So, so, so when things. you guys play, do you get out to Eastern Europe? Yeah, some of the stuff some of the stuff that made it sketchy for us was that we were getting a little close, and if there was, and that combined with um, the touring expenses made it made it like if if anything went wrong at all yeah. we were we were going to be in a pretty big hole which is just uh yeah and it sucks it really sucks but you have to make those choices you know yeah for sure which is a bummer have you ever played in sofia in bulgaria no no um yeah that way they're like the places like um like serbia and croatia yes so. we have been there which yeah, is yeah. awesome we played we actually played there with slipknot Oh wow! Like open for them there, and the shows were bonkers. Yeah, people lost their minds. It was totally. awesome. I've had some of my best nights in my life in Serbia and Croatia. Like just, just insane, super busy, not so beer flying everywhere type yeah. nights. Good times. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> totally. Um, so, yeah, it's pretty cool um, that you, you just, you're gracing us with your presence as someone who's in like an awesome band and uh, and. Um, it, not one but two awesome bands we, I really appreciate that you'd come and talk to us and it's it's super cool so Gravel Kings is um, Doug's other band and you guys one of Doug's other bands one of Doug's <laughs> other bands and um, I've always had a soft spot for Gravel Kings because there's a kind of a tenuous link it, musically with my band Killbillies you know I think you guys are I mean you're definitely different it's not the same thing but but there's enough the same, you know, as well. Yeah, definitely. Definitely yeah. could go uh, match up pretty well. Yeah, definitely totally. Play, play well together, I would imagine. Yeah, absolutely. And what, So what's going on um, currently with Gravel Kings? Uh, well, we just had the 10-year anniversary of the first show just this past weekend. That's up right. Up in yeah, Stewart there in Terra Formata. And How it was, was it, man? It was great. It was a great turnout. A lot of people came out that, uh, you know, we... We hoped for and and they showed up and it was it was a good time and we we played pretty much all of the songs all the, all the hits oh, which nice. is all of them yeah <laughs> we yeah. were up there about a good hour and a half and it was it was fun well I've, I've I mean I know it doesn't really mean a huge amount but I've seen the numbers on Spotify a lot of people like Gravel Kings you know yeah. like it's been listened to a lot you know? yeah it, it's uh, weird how many people will just randomly recognize me for playing in the band just out out and about not even playing and they'll just as a drummer too as the drummer <laughs> too that's why i mean it's so crazy oh, yeah. because nobody <laughs> ever recognizes the drummer and be like well yeah definitely i appreciate the you know the love from that and it, it, it's cool I, I didn't realize how many people really like you know know about it and are you guys um still doing this sort of similar aesthetic is there banjo involved still or has it gone more guitar -y? uh well we we on the last ep that we did it was more guitar but you know since then we kind of taken a break to do other projects and everything and just kind of bring back all the songs and kind of nice. so the banjo's back the slide guitar all that good stuff and we actually added keys for this show and it went so well that we were like you got to actually be the fifth member of this band now this guy uh, basham stewart cool he's great on keys he's great He's the, he's the guy you want on keys for sure. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, yeah, so it's you. We was talking about it earlier um, because you've been on hiatus for quite a long time, but now having played this, do you think you're going to play a little more? Yeah, I think it, it kind of re sparked a little bit for us, and 
we'll probably do you know a couple of shows a year just make you know find some good good shows or maybe a festival or something you know cool and fun to do just something something that's going to be not just a you know, not playing like every weekend like we were. We were playing a lot in the past, so we just want to make it mean something and you know do that, do it like that. Yeah, nice. So um, this is a a question that I ask everyone who comes on, and it's always quite interesting to see to hear people's responses. Which is um, when it comes to just you alone in a practice room with your instrument, do you still practice? Yeah, um, absolutely. Especially with guitar, with Libica stuff. I mean, I need nice. all the practice I can get. Yeah, I, I was just at the practice spot last night. I played the songs, and then I was running scales. So yeah. I was like, I gotta, get, I gotta get better at, at everything all the time. You know, you can be good, but you can always get better. Exactly. Couldn't agree more. Yeah, yeah. and I just have guitars sitting in random rooms in my house, and I'm always picking them up and just sort of like going over stuff and just trying to get comfortable with it. Well, that's great. That's that's where good. I'm at currently. Is I'm practicing quite a lot again, but I know it seems to go in waves for me. But you know, I always respect someone who practices their instrument, doesn't take it for granted. That's cool. So, do you have any kind of like? Um, approach to it like uh, do you have or is it just you sit down and try and start a lot of times um with guitar i'm trying to mostly trying to just play our songs i feel like i can't play our songs enough times through yeah for sure because it's so the more the better and sometimes i try to learn other stuff that i'm familiar with or just whatever um with drums it's a little different because i kind of when i play when i want to play drums i sort of um I just put my iPod on random. Yeah, it's still an iPod. I put my iPod on just random, <laughs> and nice. I just play along to whatever comes up, and just sort of like jam. And if I know if I know it, cool. If I know only parts of it, whatever, I just sort of groove along to it and just sort of do that. What are you practicing on drums wise at home? Are you got like a live kit, or have you got an electronic kit? We have. We built a room. Oh yeah, um, we did build a whole room in yeah. the garage. Oh. Yeah, in my garage. We did half the garage. We turned it into a room. Oh man, you got to let me come check that out. So. Sounds really badass. <laughs> yeah, I just nice. want to take one look. In there. <laughs> I love all that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah it's our, it took it's our, it, it uh, took about like two weeks to build. You know, it was it was cool. good. It did a lot, double drywall, some sort of uh, sound barrier, whole thing, double mass drywall. loaded yeah. vinyl is yeah. what we, oh, put, yeah. we put in there, and we just did. Um, yeah, we tr- we tried to do it as as uh, as well as we could to try to disrupt as ma- as few people as possible, yeah, or as many, as almost many, to say. <laughs> yeah. So, can you play a ton of drums in there and you barely hear it outside? Or? You, I mean, you can hear outside not so much. Inside, right. on the other side of that one wall, kind of, but less loud. than less than than what usual. it would be. Yeah. So that's it, great. It's good. It's not too not too bad. Is it like a studio? Is it set up for recording? Not really. No. Right. Um, <clears throat> we could probably record stuff uh pretty quickly um on because like we could just throw stuff in the logic real fast it wouldn't be too big a deal but it's not really set up for that it's mostly just kind of a jam room so i have you have a kit in there that just stays in there all the time and then we have our stuff our our other gear that we use um in there Um, perfect yeah it, it it's worked out really well is there with libica is there a writing process process not, not no, really. Not really. I mean, Justin wrote uh, pretty much all the songs on the first album, and then we kind of he brought them to us, and we tweaked them a little bit, and listened to them, and you know, just kind of made them our own a little. And yeah, I just had a lot of stuff kind of demoed or written, and I was like, "You guys like this?" And they did. Oh, okay. So we we changed what we want to change. Um, you know, I'm not. 
I'm not like set in stone on anything as as we're demoing. You know, yeah. once songs are done, like that's how they're going to be when they're done. But once we're demoing, just whatever. Yeah. Whatever. And now we we're working on new music, and it's kind of a collective. It's everybody, you know, coming with the ideas. So. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. So the next album is going to be a lot more uh, collaborative. You think? Yeah. Yeah, I think yeah. so. I think we're more. I think you know. Getting used to our instruments. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like the part of this whole band at first was the two of us learning new instruments. Yeah, really. I, I pretty much learned bass during that that beginning of that COVID time. Yeah, I was messing around with it a little bit, you know, kind of knew a thing or two, but not much. And then, and I just got a couple of lessons from uh, my stepson, who's a, a great bass player, and he's uh, he's goes to FSU in the College of Music, and he's he knows all about it. He just sat me down, a couple of lessons. I was like, oh. That's all I needed. And then it just opened right up and then we sat down and, and went over a couple of songs and I was like, Oh, this I can do this. I've already got the groove and the feel from playing drums. Yeah. It just translated right into bass. I was like it was it was easy to, to go over. Yeah, and we didn't even have we didn't even have a drummer in the band. For, for a while forever we yeah. recorded the record i did the drums on the record because we didn't have, had hadn't found a drummer yet sure yeah so when we were practicing it was just the three of us me doug and joey playing to um the drum tracks from the demos just that's how we were learning yeah. all the songs okay. and then we tracked once we recorded the record and we got serious about finding a drummer so we haven't even really been a band like a full band before we did that first record. Yeah. How did you do the first record? Where did you record it? We recorded it down in Miami at uh, Jonathan Nunez from Torch. Sound Artillery yeah, Studios. Yeah, cool. his studio, and he was awesome. And he was just like dealing with two guys that don't even know the yeah. <laughs> so How did you end up picking that place? How did that come about? Uh, I think one of my friends that um, was uh, that worked with Killswitch forever. His yeah. name's Tom Dice, and he lives down in Miami, and he knows Jonathan, and he recommended um, mm. going down there. And I think I, I think yeah, I was just like reaching out to some people, and they recommended him. Yeah, and funny enough, Joey, the other guitar player, uh, years ago played in another band called. That's right, I forgot about that. Uh, Bridges now barrier barriers, and they right. recorded with him. Okay, I'm pretty sure that was the band. That yeah, played. yeah, it might have even come from Joey first. Okay. I can't remember right now, but that's how that's how we got hooked up with him. What kind of a setup is it? Is it like a sort of big, giant, nice studio, or is it like more of a sort of a, a, a small kind of situation? Is it is it like a big studio, like power station type thing? No, it's like um, it's 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 a super nice studio. Yeah, it's in kind of a of a warehouse district kind of a place. Yeah, right? yeah, like a warehouse. Like it's a it's a section of like a of a. Um, industrial park yes, that, yeah. and it's one of those areas that he converted into a studio yeah. he has it would like have a upstairs. big roll up door but it's fixed shut and there, there's like there's, there's just one door to go in it's got his control room upstairs the big, yeah. the big um, he builds like a drum room downstairs okay. and everything and then he's got and he also um, <clears throat> he also builds amps and cabs and pedals so we were using a lot of his stuff too to get some of the tones on you the want, you want really a guy who stuff. owns the studio to have that side to them you know because then you Absolutely. know that they really understand the gear like I, it's something that um, I've got a ton of studio equipment at my house and I've always I mean I can record here which is great and I do quite a lot like um, record bands here and things but it's always been a pipe dream of mine to finally pull all the stuff out of my house and you know set up a studio somewhere yeah, yeah. yeah it'll happen eventually and if you listen to um, Torch Records they're super heavy and they're super organic sounding and that's what we definitely wanted to get with this i didn't want it to sound like a sterile metal no and it does sterile modern metal record it doesn't really. it does sound organic and that's something yeah. i liked about it yeah for sure 
Um, so you're a relatively new band, but you've played some shows. What kind of shows have you been playing with uh, with Libica? We've played some cool shows. We've played some... Uh, like how busy have you been? Uh, our first show was at the Haven up in, uh, where is that, Winter Park? Yes. Yeah. Yep. That was a pretty fun show. It was a nice, yeah, cool. nice spot there. It's actually a new spot now called, I think, Conduit. Got new uh, new a guy I know took it over, but uh, otherwise we we've played a couple of other good shows. We flew up to uh, Albany, played up at what was that room called? Oh my god, I can't remember. Uh, I can't remember. I, can't remember that. <laughs> oh, yeah. but I we, pulled a couple strings to get us on a couple kill switch shows. Nice. Yeah. So, so, so is it, it? So it's been um, so relatively spor- sporadic. Have you done it in kind of tour yet? We did uh, three shows up in the northeast two weeks ago right yeah a little a little run up there new jersey long island uh, massachusetts it was pretty fun with kill switch and unearth and rivers of nile and it was a fun little run a fun little rivers of nile oh there you go <laughs> <laughs> it's quite the t-shirt yeah it was super fun so that's other than that we've had um just local florida shows i guess so far cool yeah. what's the uh how have people been uh enjoying it have you, have you had a good response I, I think, think so. so. Yeah, I think a lot of people don't ex- don't know what to expect, and then they hear it like, "Wow, that was like really moving," and really they really enjoyed it. And one lady said she was brought to tears, and oh, <laughs> I wow. think in Worcester, she said, "I was like, wow." It's so it's very very different from just kind of what I've been used to for years with people singing lyrics back to you and people killing themselves in the on the in the pit and everything. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it's definitely different. I don't expect that at all. It's just it's just hard to to really get a vibe because that's such an instant gratification thing. For sure. When you just look out there and you see this, yeah. a bunch of people killing. Yeah, you each gotta other. have a lot of confidence to be like, yeah. no, no, this is good. We we know yeah. what we're doing. You know? Yeah, I mean, I feel like we're good, yeah. and I feel like we're yeah. playing well, and I and I look out and. And, you know, it's different than what you're used yeah. to seeing. So but you have to be more like confidence. a confidence. More like a recital almost. Yeah, you know? a little bit. Yeah, that's yeah, what yeah. a lot of people are just like standing and watching like, well, I didn't know this was, that's what was going to happen. And, you know, I think all those people that are really into like the heavy stuff where, you know, thrashing around and, you know, raging, you know, they, they, they're good candidates to like the music that we're playing. Yeah. Because it's kind of in the same, you know, same kind of realm there, but it's, you know, just a little bit, a little different. Well, the fact that you can play t- these great shows um, means that, you know, you'll get a little bit of a light shone on you that, that maybe some other people wouldn't have had the opportunity to. And as a result, kind of m- maybe be able to fit into that little space of in- instrumental metal that people who are into metal would listen to when they want to listen to that kind of thing. Right. You know, that would be great. And and and, uh, I, and I really just genuinely wish you all the best because it's such a... It's such cool music, and it's an interesting and brave uh, sort of direction to go in, and something which uh, I I admire, and I'm actually kind of jealous of. Honestly, it's badass. Um, so, um, but the question that I was going to ask—you haven't done like a million gigs with this, but it's sort of—I guess it applies to—I uh, guess it applies across the board, really. Um, is that when it comes to sort of drugs and alcohol in in it, and how that intersects with playing music in front of people do you have any sort of like rules with that or are you just kind of like you can just handle it <laughs> i'd say i mean two to three beers you know <laughs> before a set you know at the at the 
the most. Right, right. right <laughs> and that's yeah. like never touch the stuff. <laughs> <laughs> there it is. That's like you know a few hours of two to three beers, not like two to three beers in the hour before. Yeah, yeah. You know, otherwise, yeah. you know, you want to be you want to be you know kind of on top of it and know what you're doing, especially we're playing different instruments. Yeah, <laughs> yeah different yeah. things for everybody. But I cannot play drums if I have anything to drink at all. Sure, I, I can relate to I that. I go nuts because I get like all in my head about tempos and everything, and like it's just totally crazy. Yeah, and guitar, yeah, easy. I can have a couple beers and I yeah. feel better. Yeah, about right, it, right. About it yeah. All. So I kind of, it's funny because I've sort of been, um, I've been amazed over the years at how much the rest of the Kill Switch guys can drink <laughs> before the set. Because like we have a, basically we have a power hour before the set, everyone just gets hammered except right. me. Right, <laughs> and then I'm just like, how do they? How are these guys doing it? And now it's yeah. sort of like, oh, okay, it's a little easier when uh, yeah, when you're, you're playing guitar. Yeah. Yeah. Everything's yeah. not like on your shoulders. Yeah, 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 totally. So this do kill switch. Do you play with a, like a click or anything? Or is it no? We don't. Uh, okay. Yeah, no click or tracks or anything. It's just all yeah, all cool. a live band. Hell yeah. Um, the other question uh, that I wanted to ask you guys was, um, and it's something that I just find fun to ask because I've got so many funny stories, and I think that uh, Doug may have a story, is uh, what's the weirdest thing that's ever happened at a gig? Oh. <laughs> this was weird and embarrassing, but I'll still say it anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I pulled the full rookie move at the first show <laughs> in New Jersey uh, these in the, two weeks ago. And, uh, you know, we were all ready, sound checked up, ready to go. And uh, I went up. I, you know, The first of the three shows. First so of the three like shows. First, like, three. Yeah. Definitely our big, kicking biggest off, shows. Kicking off these holidays ragers. And I was, like, ready to go. I said something on the mic because I'm the one that talks on the mic. And then the song starts and no sound is coming out. Oh, yeah. And I'm like, oh, shit, what is happening? Yeah. And I looked down at the pedal board and there, you know, there's lights going and everything. So I think that maybe the wireless is messed up. So I ripped that out and, and put the, uh, put a cable in. And this is giving me anxiety. Already. Still nothing. Yeah. And then I look back, I look back at the amp and it's not on. Uh, I forgot to turn the amp on. Like I was like, oh my God, I can't believe it. He's a drummer. Like uh, He's having, a drummer. Yeah. having ripped off the, the wireless already. Yeah. So then uh. I turn the amp on and still no sound. And one of the one of the kill switch crew guys comes over and just pops in one of the cables that was kind of oh, when I, in my man. franticness to see what was going on, I pulled out another cable. Yeah. So he popped that back in, and then I miraculously came in right on time, and everything Whew. else ripped after that. I was like, <laughs> they, and then when the set was done, he's like, "It doesn't matter till you hit the first note. Nobody knows what's going on." Yeah, I was like, yeah. you're right. I'm sticking. I'm going with that. Absolutely. <laughs> oh, uh, have I ever been there? With just yeah, and, and you do everything you can to make sure it's it's all good, and you have spent. It always happens in the times when I've spent the most time making sure my gear is like perfect. Yeah, too. you know, and then I'll go, yeah, something will happen. Thing uh, being, like for uh, that's a particular nightmare. I think for us, oh, it was a, it was as being a drummer is because drummers, you hit the thing and it makes a sound, and it's just yeah. that's all it is. Yeah, dealing with all these cables and all these like, pedals, I don't know and what all it these could electronics be. and <laughs> yeah. like electricity in general like all of that is is he was living my nightmare and i was just next to him thinking to myself oh no (laughs) (laughs) i felt so ready to just like lie down just do go like this because that's like number one panic scenario Uh, for me being a guitar like not like okay well what is it there's a million patch cords here like it could be anything what do i do yeah it's horrifying absolutely and for the longest time for that very reason i just did it i i just used 
one cable to my amp and then like i used the amp distortion because i was just like i just can't deal with the stress (laughs) but like i'm back to using five million pedals i'm back there again and i'm a little bit better at it now you know the reason i brought up sort of drugs and alcohol before is because i used to take a lot of drugs and alcohol when i was younger and so i wasn't particularly reliable back then but now my head is a lot straighter you know i feel like the pedals is fine. I got, yeah, I got it done. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think maybe uh, 15 minutes before that, one of the dudes from Unearth was like, hey, let's do a shot of tequila before you go out there. I was like, okay, okay, yeah, let's do it. Then. <laughs> and then I went out and like, this can't be happening right now. Hopefully I'm just asleep and I'm going to open my eyes and we're going to go on stage in like 20 minutes. My eyes are going to open. I'll be in Unearth's dressing room. <laughs> yeah. Everything will be fine. Yeah. <laughs> but so, it all worked out. I'm really curious to uh, listen to some of you guys' music. Why don't we uh, take a look at the video that you guys gave us? Sound good? Yes. Awesome. Excellent.
561 Music is brought to you by Handlebars Bar and Grill. It's a biker bar in Tequesta, and if you're driving up US 1, you come across it on the right-hand side. It's a, a little bar there. It's bright yellow. You can't miss it with the handlebars on, on the sign. And it has a long and storied history. It's been there. It used to be called Judy's, um, and it was run by this guy Victor, who sadly passed this year, R.I.P. Victor. And uh, then my father-in-law took it over, and he's doing a great job up there. There is a bike night every second Thursday of the month, and there is a jam every fourth Sunday of the month, if you're interested in that kind of thing. It's just an all-inclusive, any any kind of music, any style, any ability type of a jam. And there's great beers on tap, and they're wonderful food. Bernsey, the chef, does, does a fantastic job. Um, if you're interested in classic cars or classic bikes, there's always that kind of stuff hanging around there. It attracts that sort of a crowd because it's called Handlebars Bar and Grill, so it makes sense. And, um, yeah, you should come swing by. It's uh, it's definitely a local spot and has a lot of character. And there's people who have been going there for decades and decades. It's one of those places that's um, a part of the furniture in Tequesta. And you should definitely come check it out. I um, booked the music for the place and love doing it and um i was a part of helping set the place up and um i'm a huge fan and you should anyone who is interested in biker bars or even if you've just never been to one and you're curious about what a biker bar is about you should go and check out handlebars bar and grill we are also sponsored by oasis route now oasis route carver bar is in sea grape square on indian town road and it is a kava bar. If you don't know anything about kava, it's a Polynesian root that you grind up and you mix with water. And it has been in Polynesia for potentially thousands of years. It's, a, it's an old thing that um, they used for kind of ceremonial and also um, sort of ledger purposes. It, it's meant to be something where you know that brings people together. Um, you all take a, a shell of kava and chink them together and say bula and have it together like that. It's meant to be something to bring people together. It uh, has a kind of an effect, which is, I guess, a kind of a slightly warming effect. Uh, it just kind of makes you feel a, a, a nice. It's not particularly intoxicating. It's not like drinking alcohol. So the atmosphere in a kava bar is sort of like um, a cross between a regular bar and uh, a coffee house pretty chill in there um you get all sorts of different types of carver bars some of them are more like a club you know this sort of like black light and edm playing and some of them are more like a cafe this is one of the cafe type of ones it's it's super chill in there if you're looking for somewhere to i don't know maybe go and do some work on your laptop or go and have a chat with friends it's perfect for that kind of thing there's a foosball table in there if that's your jam or baby foot as they call it in france and uh yeah, Jim, the owner, is a really cool guy, and he has very kindly sponsored our podcast. So thank you very, very much for that, Jim. They also do a poker night in there. All sorts of things going on at Oasis Root Carver Bar. 561 Music is sponsored by Live Music Community. It's where we film the podcast that you're listening to right now, and it's also where I work. Gavin, Hector's son, was a student here for a long time, and in many ways he's the musician he is today because of the teachers at Live Music Community. We taught him not only about his instrument, but also about being in a band. And his band, Unemployed Youth, accomplished a lot of goals, mostly band etiquette, how to work together, and all of the nitty-gritty that goes into being in a band on a day-to-day -day basis. 
The student signs up for lessons, learns their instrument, joins a real band, and decides the direction it goes in. And we can take people from very young age, you know, six or seven years old, all the way up to 80. You know, there's no age limit here. Um, we've run an adult program for people who want to be in a band as adults. But really the main focus is on the, on the kids and getting them playing together and in bands. Um, we are also a studio, a live stream venue, and can, we can record audio or video. The Killbillies live album, Warts and All, was recorded here. It was recorded during a live stream that we did during COVID. Justin had a great idea to record live streams during COVID. A ton of bands came in and it was a real success. Um, but outside of that, we can record albums. We can help you with your EPK. And we have full audio visual capabilities here. LMC is in Palm Beach Gardens on the northwest corner of Military Trail and North Lake Boulevard. It's north of the gas station right before you get to North Lake on Military Trail. And if you go to livemusiccommunity.com, you have all the information you'll need right there. Thanks. All right, we're back. And uh, something which I would like to ask you, we ask all the guests, is uh, seeing as we were just listening to a commercial about uh, Live Music Community, which is one of the sponsors of the podcast, and also where we are sitting right now. Um, it's a music school, and... Uh, we try to give out advice as best we can here. And I was wondering, do you have any advice for up-and-coming musicians? Yeah, my advice is play with everybody. Yeah. We talked about it a little bit before, but yeah. that really is my advice. Play with everybody, play. And listen to everything, and too. Yes, yes, yes. Just keep your mind open to every style of music, every person that you meet that plays music, just everything. Take a All chance. That. You know, Take a chance. Yeah. If you don't feel comfortable, do it anyway. Try it out. If you fail, it doesn't matter. The, the other musicians will probably either try to help you out or you know, give you some tips. Or, yeah. you know, peop Most musicians are really helpful and want to see everybody succeed, so it's always good to just try. Yeah, I, I found it's not really competitive. No, I, I, don't, I don't think it's a competitive thing. No, and actually that's how... No, I agree with you. Well, it depends. I mean, so you get some dicks out there, but... but of course. Like, um, I mean, everywhere. But. Yeah, exactly, yeah. But um, that sort of ties into um, something else that I was going to ask you, which is um, how have you found the Florida music scene? Has, has, it, been, um, has it been embraced Libica with open arms, or has it been just sort of playing down here? I think we've had good shows. Yeah, we've um, had some good shows. We had some good people come out to these shows and you know be excited about it. You know, you've been in the local Florida music scene way more than I have. Sure, so yeah. You've, I mean, you've got a lot more knowledge of it. Than, yeah, than I mean, I it's uh, you know you're in the same kind of scene too with the, yeah. You know, and I, 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 I have to say, you know, again, it's across the board. It'd be a little bit of a a broad claim, but um, in general, uh, the people I deal with are, are very friendly and just want to help out. You know, I've yeah. had a great time down here with music, and um, I always think that Florida is a little bit of a forgotten gem of music. There's more goes on really down is. here than people would realize. Yeah, there's a lot going on here. Uh, you know, we've had some good luck playing some some good shows down south. You know, uh, respectables we played. We did the heavy metal patio, which was a lot of fun. Yeah, it's a cool little thing, and. Uh, yeah, it's just been trying to book more shows, you know, trying to make more contacts and go go a little further south, go west, you know, go yeah all over the place if we can, you know, in Florida and try to build a, a nice following here. Yeah, that'd be nice. And no reason why it wouldn't happen either. This is a bit of a weird question for you guys because I don't know how it's going to translate, but um, 
Is there anything that the song we just listened to is about, or is it kind of just? Uh, is there was there any kind of emotions that drove it, or is there a, is there? A, do you ever kind of ascribe a, a, some kind of tangible theme to any of the music that you write? It's funny. Like one of the things that was kind of unexpected was how difficult it would be to name songs without lyrics. Right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I never really yeah. thought about that before. Yeah. Until we had to all of a sudden name I all know, these yeah. songs. I would just sit in my in my personal jam room and listen to these demos and be like, what does this song feel like to me right now? How am I like like one of them's called Ascend and I just felt that's how I felt. I felt like it was like lifting me up and yeah. it was very airy yeah, you, and you named and, that one for sure. And I did name I was like that's we So it's more it. like a kind of it's it's more like is it sort of feelings and um and some kind of movement direction but not like oh well this is about the environment you know it's not that, you know. Yeah, yeah not not so much i mean no. a lot of it just comes from, from riffs that sound cool yeah <laughs> yeah like and put together <laughs> sure. and, how yeah. does this riff make me feel what is it you know what's it kind of putting out and that's how the song names kind of come up yeah, yeah that's, cool. that's mostly where mostly where it comes from a couple of them have been kind of like uh the song octavist that word is uh um like, you know, the Russian singers that have super duper low voices, like uh, that, like folk, Russian folks. Oh, yeah, with like, the whistle. Way, also. way low down. That's that's well, that's, uh, that's a word for those singers that happens. Like the Tuvan throat singers. They can hit stuff. like low A's and that yeah. song is tuned to A. So it all yeah. kind of worked out. Yeah. Like, oh, well, then that makes a lot, of, tied sense, in a lot of sense for that song. Like things like that kind of make sense. I, um, am I even talking about the same I'm talking about those Siberian people that do the. Work. Oh no! I'm, no, I'm, I'm just talking so, about. Yeah. yeah, I'm just talking about like. Um, yeah, if you look up octavist, it's it's these Russian like opera singers that that like yeah. hit the low low notes, cool. super really low, deep and low yeah. notes. Like you I said, that that song is tuned to drop A from D standard, so it's like yeah, that's it's heavy. like the note it's, that yeah. that they hit I, apparently, which is a very low note for a human voice. Yeah, really. I think I can get a D above that just. On yeah. my best days, I can get a C if I'm sick. Right, gotcha. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So um, we had you take a picture of some of your gear. Why don't we take a look at, uh, at <laughs> what, we, what we've got going on here? Look at that. All right. There's a pile of stuff there. Um, There's a pile of stuff yes, for sure. Who, who, wants to, who wants to start and tell us about what I'm looking at here? I've got a... Uh, I've got a Billy Sheehan Attitude 2 bass. It's a uh, Yamaha. It's pretty nice. It's so just, yeah, I guess I guess let's go let's go clockwise then because you're starting right at oh, right, yeah, right at, at the uh, top. right yeah, at 12. Yeah, yeah. So there you go. Yeah, and that's so uh, that's uh that was my first bass. I had it for actually 10 years and just like kind of plucked it a little bit and you know messed around and then one day I decided to really learn and and that's the bass I learned on. That's also the bass I recorded the album with too. Yeah, sweet. And then uh Below that is the uh, Fender Jazz Bass. Yeah. And that I bought from a friend, and uh, it's really been nice. I, I, I use that as my uh, drop C bass. Okay. Strictly. The yeah. other one, yeah, the the Yamaha bass has got the, uh, it's got the, uh, what is I always forget the like name. Like the hip shot thing? That yeah, just, yeah. Switch. It's in yeah. D natural, and I, I just flick it down, and it goes to drop A. Oh, wow. Like instantly. I'm a, these guys are always like, oh, you're already tuned I up, know, it's huh? so, so different. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I'm ready. Let's go. Yeah, yeah we have cool. our songs are either in D standard or drop C with that one exception that's in drop A yeah. that he just flips the switch for. Yeah. So um, we're nice all kind of using, like yeah, we're all kind of using different stuff. Yeah. yeah. So if we keep going around the clock, 
the next guitar at uh, three o'clock is Joey's Jaguar. Yeah, yeah. that thing's nice. Yeah, I think Justin, awesome. who's uh, the engineer of this, and is sitting in the other room. He has one of these, and he he, yeah. he loves it. It's super nice. That's Joey's drop C guitar, and then that's it's leaning across his pedal board. Yeah, um, yeah, he's got the H two O. He's got the um, uh, a few other ones. Yeah, <laughs> I can't. <laughs> I can't remember. That's the, Strymon, the blue one. I the can't red one. remember what that Strymon is, but it's pretty awesome. Oh yeah, the Strymon. Yeah, that's a really, really nice. I've one. been messing around with some Strymon <laughs> pedals that um, my friend Joe left at my house, and that. There's a this crazy like eight bit delay one and and this really really cool reverb that has like a you, you can set the reverb to different octaves and stuff you, yeah. yeah there's some cool stuff in those pedals. He's got a uh, you can see in the middle of his pedal board he's got a uh, PV foot switch yeah. so he's using a sixty five oh five head right. Um, and then you know I don't want to I don't want to get all of his p- pedals wrong <laughs> yeah, yeah and then that's also his Les Paul also okay and that's laying across your pedal my that's my pedal board my main pedal is the sans amp which like it's that's a a great pedal yeah man that that one one is always on there's actually one right behind you over there yeah 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 you gotta love it yeah there is that one is always on and i've got a chorus pedal which i use you know minimally and then uh a couple of other pedals for distortion and and do you go through a speaker or like a monitor? Like how are you amplifying yourself? Oh, I have the uh, the EBS uh, 500 watt. It's okay. a small. It fits in my backpack. I fly oh, with wow. it in my backpack. That's it's cool. so nice. It's it so like light. Six pounds. Yeah, maybe <laughs> maybe even like four pounds. It's so light. That's amazing. It's nice. Yeah, and then I have a. Uh, if you know, if I'm playing a local show, I have a uh, a, a custom cabinet with two 15s in it. Custom okay. with a K. Yeah, custom with a K. Oh, gotcha. Yeah, yeah Like it looks yeah. like an yeah. ottoman. Not like yeah. crazy with a K. I know, yeah, I, yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I know yeah, what yeah, you're talking yeah. about. It's a, it's a nice one. It sounds good. It's so heavy. Indeed, we just play, use it at Stampfest, and it, it really cut through nicely. Yeah, sick. We were using both of them at uh, the record release Oh, yeah, show, yeah, because right? yeah, I, I have records. two. I actually have two. 215 cabinets and it it gets super heavy and loud with those. I want to I want to get a guitar cab that's just two. That, that's like cuz I yeah. I've just got the standard, you know, 4x12 or whatever it is the like normal uh Marshall um half stack, you know. And I I want to get like half of one of those. You know, just right. like a just two like that. That's my next acquisition. I'm going to sell this thing. I guess I could make mine into that. I don't know. Whatever. <laughs> um, what's this dark green guy here? That is a uh, Warmoth partcaster. Partcaster, basically. Okay. So I bought all the um, I bought all the parts. Is this your, your main axe, that one? Yeah, that's my D guitar. Gotcha. So, yeah. So Joey's uh, um, uh, Jaguar? Or? Jaguar is the C guitar. His Les Paul's is D guitar. That green one is my D guitar, and that is um, kind of modeled after a a guitar that I got that was kind of a Fender uh, Tele with a Jazzmaster body. Okay, and it had um, well, it had different pickups, but but anyway, I just I just got a little weird about <laughs> specifically weird about trying to find the guitar. And then somebody told me, oh, well, maybe you should buy all these parts from Warmoth and have somebody make it. So Yeah. And uh, I got all these parts, and I sent, it, I sent them all to Killswitch's um, stage right, or, uh, yeah, stage right guitar tech slash production manager, Josh nice. Milik. And nice. he, built, he built, he put everything together awesome for that dude. guitar for me. Yeah, wow. Totally awesome, dude. And I took a chance on that um, green color. 
and it came out like amazing. It was great. That the wood, I really love seeing a wood grain. Oh, me that too, came dude. Out so nicely, yeah. I couldn't believe how nice that came out. Yeah, and I put it like a telly neck on it, but like a flatter telly neck. So I yeah. think it's like an eleven instead of a nine and a half, and like all this weird shit. And I put, I somehow I got so that middle guitar is my C guitar, which is a Schecter semi hollow body. Oh yeah. Which I kind of stumbled on, and uh, it has a P90 in the bridge and a humbucker. How no, do you feel no, about P90 in the neck, a humbucker in the bridge. Do you use the P90? In, yeah. yeah, clean stuff I use it all. Yeah, cool, yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. And I love it. I think it's incredible for yeah. clean stuff. It's like, it's ridiculous. I'm a little bit, I don't know what the word is, um, undereducated about P90s. I have had goes on them before, but but the the reason why people like them, like the thing that that they do, I, I don't know enough about yet. You know, I've got to get something with one in and just... Totally by it. accident that I got that guitar and I fell in love with that pickup combination, but it's like anything heavy is all bridge and anything clean, I switch to the neck and that P90 is ridiculous. Yeah. I love it. I can't... So I had that other one built with those same um, pickup fi- configuration in it. Oh, cool. Which is kind of cool, and then that pedal board over there is um, is my pedal board. Is there anything on there of particular note? Probably because I use uh, yeah I use um, a KSR series pedal for my distortion, right? Which is like if you look at the top left, it's second pedal down on the left. The top right. one is a, a Strymon El Capistan, yeah. and then the one under that is that pedal. And so that goes into a uh, Fender Twin, but it's the Tone Master Twin. Okay. Because I got tired of carrying around that heavy-ass tube. They are very heavy. I've got one. Yeah. And you should check out these Tone Masters. They are ridiculous. They're half the weight, and they're just like, it sounds, I can't tell. I mean, I can't tell. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Especially when you're running all that shit through it. So I can't can't tell at all. Is this carpet the carpet on the floor of your practice room? Yes, it is. Yeah, it's so so fluffy and nice. I just want to lie down on it. I just want to take my shoes off and get comfortable. It's it's nice and plush. Uh, That's awesome. Well, thanks for sharing some of your gear there with us. Um, Do you have anything in the pipes? Like what's next for you guys? got some shows we do have a couple of shows uh lined up we're playing at uh terra fermata next friday the 20th oh really cool yeah we're playing with uh billy doom is dead is opening up for us they're a great band they yeah. were here a couple of weeks ago yep, yep, yeah yeah, yeah it's gonna be a good time for that yeah and then uh, we're playing will's pub on the 29th nice. up in orlando yeah up in orlando and uh matthew's brewing in uh lake worth yeah on february 17th Excellent. With uh, Sam Ann Sleeps and Billy Doom is Dead and my other band, Gargantua Tarantula. Oh, cool. Yeah. That sounds like quite the show. Yeah, it's I've got to try fun. and get myself out of some of these. The problem is I'm always playing, but, but <laughs> yeah. like, you know. That's always a problem. I You're know. always on tour. Like, I, I mean, how many shows have you missed when you were touring constantly? Yeah, exactly. Like, that would come in and you'd be like, oh, I wish I could go to that show. Oh, cool. I'll be, I'll be <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Else. Be in Azerbaijan, you know. <laughs> 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 no, it happens to me all the all the time it's irritating but then you know it's a a privileged problem you know it's like i love playing yeah but then you think about the shows that you got to see because you were on tour, right yeah or you got to play even you know or the bands you got to play with you don't think it evens out it probably evens out more than you think especially on the festivals the amount of bands i've seen at festivals when i've been playing you know just uh, staggering yeah, right. especially like Reading and Leeds because at the time I was really into rock and punk and Reading and Leeds just used to have everyone 
everyone who was a thing, you know, it was such great festivals. I don't know if it was necessarily the best vibe of a festival, because it was a bit like aggro-y kind of, mm. but the... But the bands are just inc- just awesome every year. And so one of the things I miss about being in Sonic Boom 6 is uh, is festival season. Right. Because you know, mm-hmm. we used to play so many. We've started doing it with Kilbillies now. We started playing the odd festival. Bluegrass festival's a little bit of a different deal, though. But yeah. not necessarily in a bad way. In fact, not in a bad way at all. They're really chill. Yeah, <laughs> nice. right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But, um, yeah, so what have we got coming up? We've got... Um, on Friday, we're playing at Walking Tree Brewery in, in Vero nice. from uh, 7 to 10. And then on Saturday, we were playing at Tiki 52 in Sequesta, which is round the corner from my house. I could literally walk there from 6.30 to 10.30. And I think that is the sum total of our weekend. So um, please do me a favor and uh, reach out through the the tendrils and vibes to uh, Hector and um, see if he can get him to feel better. I personally need him to be better. He plays the bass in my band. <laughs> <laughs> well, there you go. So, <laughs> so uh, it'd be it'd be greatly appreciated if uh, if if everyone could sort of team up and send some kind of like uh, rainbow bright rainbows to him to make him feel better. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so. This podcast is, uh, we don't make money out of doing it. So um, if you subscribe to the, uh, the the YouTube channel, that's really, really helpful for us because um, it helps us get further up in the algorithms and it'll get us to a point where you know, we can monetize it. And um, if you go on our website, which is uh, it's uh, 561music.com, um, there is like a place on there where you can donate to it and we'd really appreciate that all the money just goes into making it better and we're putting a festival on on april 1st which actually i might have a conversation with you guys about and see if you're around at that time um we're putting on a festival on april 1st uh at matthews actually oh nice okay. um yeah called 561 music festival and um so we're working up to that so a- any money that comes our way is just really going to be put towards the festival at this point um yeah so you can find us at 561 music podcast on youtube um 561 music.com is our website and then we're on all the socials and everything 561 music podcast so uh yeah if you've made it this far though i suspect you may already have uh done all those things and if you have then thank you very much and uh libica thank you so much for coming on i really appreciate it thanks very much yeah thanks for having us here yeah it's been it's been fun All right, guys. See you later. All right.